If you're looking to save some money on your wireless plan, take a look at Visible Wireless. They're a transparent wireless carrier with nothing to hide. If you haven't heard of Visible, well, now you have. They're the wireless carrier that's making wireless visible. It's in the name. Switch to Visible where you can get a one-line plan with unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon for just 25 bucks a month, taxes and fees included. One-line wireless, just 25 bucks a month with taxes and fees included. That's unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. Switch now at Visible.com. You shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a company by its name. Like Visible, the wireless company making wireless visible. Monthly rate on the Visible plan. For data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. What's happening, friends? Welcome to Unlocked. It's episode 384 of the world's number one Xbox podcast. Uh, coming up this week, we've got some uh, new hot rumors about the discless Xbox One console. We'll tell you all about that. Plus, Borderlands 3, the boy who cried wolf, it keeps kind of, sort of, maybe getting announced. It might actually, for real, be getting announced, finally, coming up soon. Plus, Apex Legends hits another major milestone uh, in its ongoing road through success and on to whatever's past success. Plus, a, uh, a really well-respected video game writer is writing one of the fall's biggest games that should uh, help get you a little extra hype for that one. All that and more coming up on uh, this, our final video episode of Unlocked. I'm Ryan McCaffrey, joined by Destin Legary. Welcome back, Sarah. Bam! Two trophies, baby. Let's go. Oh, Have a good day. no. Yeah, we brought out all the trophies here. Brandon Tyrell. Bam! My trophy's bigger. You don't get the... <laughs> You don't get the bam. bam. I do when I, I get, you just did. I do when I have a bigger trophy. Ooh, <laughs> I have two trophies. Well, Miranda Sanchez has uh, has you know Halo stuff, which is <laughs> even better than trophies. Yeah, I have a very special grunt that you could only get at PAX East. I think it was back a, a few years ago. So um, mine's also rare. <laughs> the, the grunts don't make this noise, but you could do work, work, work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll let you do it for me. It's I don't think right. Destin knows anything about Halo, you guys. No, that's the elites. Yeah, those are the elites. No, Duh. that just means you can be you can be the elite. The grunts get scared if they're alone. Ah. I don't I don't know how to do a grunt. We got to get Joseph yeah. Staten in here to, uh, to do the to voice. He's the voice demon, of the, the grunts. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. Anyway, uh, what's happening, friends? We've got another busy episode this week. <laughs> Subscribe.ign.com is the URL I wanted to give you right off the top here. We've got we've kind of reinvigorated, uh, renewed our uh, our newsletter efforts. If you, you know, you just want a little summary digest uh, of everything going on because there's there's so much going on. Like we have a team of people, and we can barely keep up with everything that goes on in the world of games and entertainment. Uh, we have an awesome weekly newsletter that you can subscribe to. It's totally free. So if you're if that's something that might be of interest to you, go to subscribe.ign.com. Uh, so as I said, this is our final video episode. Uh, appreciate the, the love that, that we got. A lot of people upset 
about it in their hearts in a good place. Yeah, and, oh, we're going to miss you guys on video. A lot of people reached out with screenshots of Unlocked on their screens. Yes. Yeah. So but that was, that hey, was nice to uh, see. We're going to have, well, it'll be, it'll be as fun or more fun than ever back on the, the audio side. Uh, and never say never, by the way. Who knows? We might we might be back on video in three weeks, for all I know. I, Don't have to dress nice anymore. That's true. I'm going to wear pajamas. Coffee. I'm a, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now I get to drink the unleaded coffee. Right. Ooh. I'm going to come, so, uh, come to work wearing basketball shorts and slippers. It'll be totally great. He's wearing basketball shorts now. <laughs> Pretty much. See him under it's the like table. a news anchor under right. the desk. It's yeah, still, you never know. Anyway. Corduroy. Uh, so, yes, thank you to everybody that's, that has watched on video. Uh, we will continue to do lots of video things at IGN. I gave you the Don't whole wrap last week. That's right. We, nobody nobody banged <laughs> nobody the table. Nobody touched the table. We're Thanks all very, very aware of the experience. super loud bang that you guys hear when we touch the table. So You just heard one. It was Brandon, not me. It was Brandon. <laughs> My leg hit her mic stand. It's not a big deal. Anyway, <laughs> uh, Brandon Tyrell, before hey. we get rolling, there is a new Assassin's Creed Odyssey oh, DLC. Yeah. There is you uh, that you went and played. Uh, I reviewed, yeah. yeah so that's I've, what I'm saying. I reviewed all three of them. You flew um, all the way Odyssey. To I mean, one of, all the way to Greece. <laughs> possibly the best Assassin's Creed game ever. Uh, I think it. Is, yeah, I think it is. In fact, that was that was uh, a line I used in my verdict. I think that Odyssey is the best the series has ever been. I know there's a little bit of um, contention about people who miss the old sort of stealth action kind of gameplay, um, but just. For what that game has, or what that series has become, Odyssey is such a triumph. It is a, it's a legitimate joy to play for, I think I put 60 plus hours into it just for the review, and I've continued to play it since. So yeah, if, if someone did play Odyssey last yep. fall, super enjoyed it, maybe they've, they've kind of been playing other stuff, there was obviously so many games to get to in the fall, and early this year... Mm-hmm. What's the deal with these DLCs, and how's this how's this last one? Yeah, so the DLC is is called Legacy of the First Blade. Um, it's broken up into a three part story. The first mm-hmm. part came out in I want to say December. Uh, the second part was uh, late January, early February, and then the third part is out uh, as of today or yesterday, I believe. Um, first part is called Hunted. Second part is Shadow Heritage. Third part is Bloodline. But it essentially tells the story of how the Assassin's Brotherhood, that sort of like overarching lore of the Assassin's Creed franchise, fits into Odyssey, um, which is, you know – uh, understandably, one of the criticisms of of Odyssey is that it didn't really deal with Assassin's Creed. It might as well have been called, you know, a different game, right? Uh, but this DLC does actually uh, actually answer that question. So nice. it starts up, it sets out, it sets up a story that is it introduces uh, you know older assassins and characters from the overarching uh, lore, uh, and then by episode three, it actually does a really admirable job in answering those questions, and not only those questions, but but like how Odyssey fits into into the grand scheme of things, directly tying it into other games. Actually, you'll you'll, nice. see, you'll see characters from. From other Assassin's Creed games that you might not expect. So you enjoyed this uh, three pack of this three part DLC, then? Yeah, yeah. So, so you can get the Legacy of the First Blade if you're really invested in the Assassin's Creed lore. Uh, the Legacy of the First Blade is uh, twenty five dollars, I want to say, um, for all three parts. For, for all three parts, yes. yes. Uh, and it's also part of the season pass, which is forty, I, I believe, which also comes with the next uh, batch of DLC uh, that's themed around Atlantis. Oh, they're not done. No, there's, there's another one. Yeah. Oh. Uh, and it will also be broken up into three parts. So <coughs> enjoy three more reviews from me. This uh, is pretty fun, though. I like it when DLC are a line of stories. Like, yes, It's just like, here's definitely. your first bundle of stories, and here's your second. It'll take you a different place. Kind of lets you pick and choose like which 
if if you're interested in that storyline, like to pursue it or not. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, in addition to the two DLC packs, the season pass also comes with AC3 remastered and Liberation remastered, I believe. Oh right. Um, well, they really try to sweeten the pot on that, don't they? They get a couple of video games in there. It's not a bad deal. Full games. It's not a bad deal. <laughs> cool. But um, I did enjoy Legacy: of The First Blade. I gave Episode One a seven, Episode Two a seven, and Episode Three an eight because I nice. really enjoy the way it ties everything together. Um, having said that, if you uh, aren't interested in the Assassin's Creed lore, the next DLC is all about mythology and the ties to like the the modern day timeline cool um so yeah i imagine you're going to be fighting more monsters and all that but i enjoyed it uh if you are looking for more odyssey it is an enjoyable chunk of game and i think it's worth the 25 dollars. love it uh before we get rolling a quick public service announcement so we're recording on tuesday this friday ign is hosting a special event here at our office in san francisco if you are either in the bay area or plan to be here our own mark medina is uh, is running point on this. He he says, want free pizza and strawberry sundaes? Want a chance to win a copy of Devil May Cry 5 on the console of your choice? Want to hang out with fellow fans and fellow, well, not fellow, but us, the IGN staff. We're fellows. Yeah. Uh, want a chance to win a super dope grand prize that I'm not allowed to reveal yet? It is pretty super dope, actually. You know what it is? Yeah. I'm going to have to find out. I don't, I don't even know what it is. Yeah. Um, it's going to be 2 p.m. Pacific here on Friday here in San Francisco at the IGN office. Tickets are free. We just want you to come by and hang out. So, But you do need to sign up for a ticket. So if you're interested in that, go to igndmc5launch.eventbrite.com. This is a thing we're doing with Capcom. We're going to have some cool Devil May Cry 5 stuff. Yep. Going yeah. on as part of that. So see our thank you, Mark, for coordinating. And uh, if, if maybe we'll see you on Friday because it's that's like three days from now. This week's podcast unlocked is brought to you by NordVPN. Hey, if you're watching a lot of sports like me and you hate blackouts, NordVPN is a great way to go. You can use NordVPN, a virtual private network, to watch live sporting events. TV shows, films that aren't available in your region by switching your virtual location to a country that is showing that event. No more blackouts. It's also good for plenty of other stuff like protecting your private data, your bank details, your passwords, your online identity. You can protect your data while you're traveling and using public Wi-Fi. NordVPN protects you wherever you are in the world. NordVPN threat protection also protects you from viruses, malware, and phishing sites. NordVPN is also the fastest VPN in the world. No buffering or lagging while you're streaming, and it will stop your ISP bandwidth throttling. NordVPN is the price of a cup of coffee a month, so that is a super affordable, great way to go. To get the best discount off of your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com Unlocked without the E. That's N O R D V P N dot com slash U N L O C K D, and that'll give you four extra months on the two year plan. And best of all, there's no risk with Nord's 30 day money back guarantee. NordVPN.com slash unlocked without the E. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. 
Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. Fantasy Five is one of those games that are on my hype list for sure. I'm really excited hype to play. Boost. Yeah, <laughs> haven't gotten a chance to check it out yet. I'm waiting like everybody else. Can you tell I'm feeling better this week? Yeah, a, I can. B, I can't believe you missed your calling as a early morning radio shock jock. <laughs> you, uh, welcome to KIGN. <laughs> you owned it. I like it. I did. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> DMC Five. I don't know about those people watching or listening, but really, really excited. I can't wait to dive. I, I actually genuinely, so I've, I'm, despite my Twitter handle, I am mm. not uh, super familiar with it. Never really, because they've been a PlayStation series and I've been an Xbox guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but, I've um, never gotten into them either. But, so. just realized but, that the Lord yeah. yeah, has but, also uh, but five, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, for super fans of Ninja Gaiden, like myself, that's just, you know, hardcore Xbox guys who love Ninja Gaiden. Uh, we're not getting a Ninja Gaiden anytime soon, and DMC Five seems like probably the the closest thing to you know it's that style of super fast action, challenging gameplay. So I do want to sit yeah. down with it. It's all about getting that S rank, building yeah, combos, like utilizing a lot of flashy flashy styles. I'm I'm excited to dive into it. I I haven't had any time with it, so yeah. I think our review I'm drops. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday. I think our review posts on Wednesday. I believe yeah. tomorrow. So yeah. probably by the time most people see or hear this, I know who the reviewer is, and I'm like, you done with that yet? <laughs> you done with that yet? I want to play a little bit. Um, <laughs> all right. So there's that, and then uh, just finally, I'll I'll plug this again later because we're actually going to talk about a, a portion of it, but. I want to implore everyone, especially of this show, everybody watching or listening to this show, uh, I went to Vegas and interviewed Bonnie Ross for IGN Unfiltered as she was inducted into the uh, Academy of Interactive Arts and Sciences Hall of Fame at the Dice Summit. And we had a just awesome conversation about all sorts of just her career and where she started and, and how uh, her journey along the way of, of, of how she came to get the keys to Halo and what, you know, how she's caring for it now. And I, I genuinely, this is no joke. I'm not, not trying to be like extra nice to her, but I got extra excited for infinite after talking to her because of the, mm-hmm. the way that she <laughs> spoke about the series and the, and, and infinite and the studio and, and where they're trying to go. So please do check out IGN unfiltered on IGN on YouTube or on podcast services. It's got its own podcast feed as well. All right, Brandon Tyrell, let's get started with a, a fresh rumor courtesy of our friend uh, Jez Corden, who does a lot of great work at Windows, Windows Central. Central yeah. He gets a lot, uh, a lot of these kind of little tips and rumors right on the money, which is why I feel very confident in spending some time talking about this. Yeah, so I, I'm using my phone because this, this literally just went up maybe, maybe a few hours ago. Um, but, oh. but like Ryan was saying, yeah, Jez has reported uh, his sources have confirmed what was sort of floating around that Microsoft is experimenting with a diskless uh, Xbox, um, this generation, a diskless S- Xbox One. Um, Microsoft is reportedly set to call it, uh, codename Maverick, it's reportedly set to call it the Xbox One S All Digital Edition. 
which okay. means it will be a one S without a disc. Um, well, they're at least they're. I mean, that makes sense. They make it explicitly clear in the name of it. That right. yeah, there is not, no disc drive here. It's a mouthful, yeah. But <laughs> uh, pre-orders are aimed for mid-April with uh, availability in early May. Oh, so, so it's this is coming up. This yeah, is well, in like a month. Well, we had we had heard in the past that they were they were experimenting with this and that. I guess sort of rumors on the rumor mill were that yeah. they were looking at Q1, which would be sort of early or you know first wow. quarter, first quarter of the year, it's time. Uh, early spring or late spring. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's interesting because obviously Microsoft has Xbox Game Pass. They've got you know Project X Cloud. Um, they are moving toward an infrastructure of digital. So this makes sense. Um, it does. Right, right now, there's no price confirmed for it. This is obviously just a rumor from Jez's. Um, uh, anonymous sources, but what do you guys think if if this does come to fruition? Would would you expect it to be at a lower price point? Would you? What do you think? Lower price point, and it's a no brainer. Like, just it's pretty obvious that a lot of people are buying digital these days. Mm-hmm. Retail sales are down. Put it out there. Why not offer a new SKU? But it has to be at a lower pass, price like, point. You could get like a little trial in there. Yeah. Very easy. Yeah, I would assume there'd be, it comes with at least a 14-day trial in the box. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll find out. But oh, yeah. I mean, even the standard Xbox yeah. comes with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the, I say standard. Like, the thing we were talking about before the show that I could see Microsoft going either way on is, the as far as the price goes, is will it stay 250 which is where the the S the Xbox One S's MSRP is, mm-hmm. and uh, have a bigger hard drive. <clears throat> pardon me, in lieu of you know, there's cost savings by not having the Ultra 4K Blu-ray player in there. Right. So, and it's the fact that it's you you can't take a disc and everything. You know, a, a bigger hard drive would be logical. Yeah. Or there is also certainly a case to be made for no, just make it super cheap. Stick with the one terabyte. And let people plug in external USB hard drives as necessary, and so maybe it's two hundred bucks, mm-hmm. and it's the same. It's the exact same thing as the One S, with a, meaning a one terabyte hard drive, but it's just cheaper. Yeah, I'm gonna think, go ahead, Miranda. Sorry, for what I would want, if it's just a fifty dollar difference between one terabyte to two, I'd rather have two in the long run. Just like if you're going all digital, and if you do have like this huge library of games that you could just suddenly just download, um, I think. Two would make more sense for me as far as like what I would personally want. Um, I mean, again, it is fifty dollars, which can mean a lot to some people. But I think sure. in the long run, if you're investing that in like a whole terabyte, I think that would be kind of worth the trade off. But I could also see again, of course, two hundred is like a very nice price point for that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think two forty nine ninety nine is a sweet spot because when you go sub two hundred, there's also a perception that you're getting something of lesser value, mm-hmm. and that's actually a thing in marketing that people are aware of. So mm-hmm. I think two forty nine ninety nine for a hefty hard drive and potentially like a Game Pass trial and a, and a really really sweet bundle would really incentivize the buyer to feel like they're getting a really good deal, which they would be, uh, and not getting something that's cheap. I agree. Cheap in quality. Sure. Yeah. I agree. I think that there is no world where they release an Xbox One S without a disk drive and maintain the same price point, mm-hmm. even if it's got a bigger hard drive. I totally agree with Miranda that one terabyte gets eaten up so fast, especially if it's all digital, but there's already an infrastructure for external hard drives to be plugged in. True. So 
it's sort of a, a, a two win two win street isn't isn't a phrase. Uh, it's sort of it's sort of a win win for them um, where they release an Xbox and say, hey, if you have Xbox Game Pass, if you uh, buy your games digitally on the store, this two hundred dollar Xbox with no disc is made for you. If you need a bigger hard drive, you can then take that fifty dollars. Mm. Uh, buy an external hard drive or $60 or, you know, however what, it would be. Yeah. yeah. However yeah. it would be. Yeah. I also think that there is, I agree with Destin that the, in there's a marketing philosophy where if you price something too low, uh, the perception is that it is, it is of inferior quality. Mm. But I also think, especially with this generation, if Microsoft releases a console that is perceived as missing components and then That's price true. it the exact same as a current Xbox One S, yeah. there's going to be a riot. Yeah, That's I think true. for me, again, coming back to the two terabyte thing, I just don't want to deal with an external hard drive because I'm very lazy and yeah. I don't like trying to figure that out or losing it or breaking it or something. like. I had that happen before. I had, um, I think, my GTA file on an external hard drive and just broke. Oh, right. like, well, Poof. There all that goes. I've heard horror <laughs> 100 stories. 100 hours. <laughs> yeah, I've heard horror stories of that as well. Yeah, I so can... that's that's my own fault, but yeah, I totally understand where you're coming from as well. Mm-hmm. You make a good point. I mean, the I think one thing to keep in mind too is an all digital console is probably not going to be aimed at the super casual buyer who hasn't bought an Xbox yet. I Yeah. Because just cuz I mean all digital is inherently a – it's still, you know, you're probably going to be a, you're a little more s- savvy customer rather yeah. than like – You're also regionally dependent as well. True. Right. So I, I wonder if this is almost more of a – you know, I mean, everything Microsoft's been doing is a part of now, as we've, we've uh, lauded them yeah. for, a clear vision and a plan going forward. I wonder if this is more of – that they expect to woo a lot of existing – Xbox One owners, and, and this is going to be like a second console for them, like a second one in the house. And oh, yeah. for two hundred bucks, if they say, "Okay, well, eh, I've got one," but like maybe my you know roommate or brother or significant other, or we just want one in another room. That okay, well, oh, there's this guy for. I mean, I don't care about discs. I'm already, mm-hmm. I'm already on Xbox Live. I already download stuff. Yeah, two hundred bucks, and sure, I'll just. I'll, that sounds good. I'll grab that for That's, the for the bedroom. Yeah, if this becomes your travel. this becomes your Netflix True. machine, depending on how mm-hmm. small it is. Yeah, yeah. It's all I about mean, the verbiage, right? Stre- mm-hmm. Streams 4K, right? Yes. Uh, and you're not really losing anything because correct me if I'm wrong. There's so many SKUs I might be getting them mixed up. But the Xbox One S does not do native 4K. It upscales like for for discs. It, yeah. I mean, oh well, for the it's got the, the it does the Blu-ray the 4K Blu-ray right? But like, but native, that's it. Okay. All right. Yeah. So I, I am confusing them. Um, but you're not actually losing too much. The only thing that I could see a problem with is that hard drive space, meaning that you download Forza and it is a 107 gigs at f- uh, native 4K. Bit of an extreme example, but yes. Yeah, sure. Um, and also you wouldn't be downloading the 4K assets on an Xbox One S. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Not the – yeah. God, I am confusing them. Too. I know. There's, there's a lot. I, I keep thinking there's of my One X. But yeah. But yeah, so. I, mean, I mean, I'd say, you know, it's – it's still 40 I, – I feel like of all the games we get here, 40 to 50 gigs is about the average, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You guys agree with that yeah. these days? Anthem's about that size. Before Destiny's any DLC. About that size. Or, yeah. Or yeah. big updates or anything. Right. Yeah. So, you know, okay. one terabyte's not nothing, but – Oh, no, no. It'll get you really far. Sure. What if we get two terabytes of 200? That would be great. If it is quite large. If it is your media machine, though, I, I imagine you're not – a 4k adopter at that point right because 
you lose the ability to pl- watch planet Earth in, in in 4K glory. Well, you've got an X if you're a 4K sure. person. So, yeah, probably. that's – so, <laughs> Well, send me now. Hello. Yes, yeah. hi. <laughs> nice. Uh, you have an X at home, right? Uh, yeah, but not a 4K TV yet. I'm oh. still, no, still holding out. It's, I, I'm waiting it's this for this year. Right? It's going to happen this oh, year. Oh, I already told you. It's, you know, I've, I was eyeing them in Costco, and like right about now is when the, the, the 2018 models are starting to go on closeout. Yeah. Oh. It's just taxes this year are really annoying because of the way that, like, t- <coughs> pardon me, tax, the tax structure changed this year with the government. And like it. Anyway, I, we might have to, it turns out I might have to pay more than I. Usually we get a little something back, but it doesn't matter. It's no one cares. It's uh, 4K is Brandon, still. I'm so sorry. I just, apologize. Just, did you just funny bone? Yep, your, yeah, just funny, just bone. funny boned on the on the mic arm. Man, I am knocking out um, of the park today. Huh? Pull this a little bit more this way. Yeah. I'm ho- anyway, I'm hoping 2019 is the year for me with a 4K TV. But you know, again, Careful, I'm an bro. I'm an adult with a family, and I can't just have everything I want. So let I have to know, I have to pick and choose the things that I want. Yeah, let me know the good deals you find because I think this is also the year since now I have an X, so I can play 4K stuff. Yes, I would like to make use of that. Yeah, and heading into 2020 with with the Scarlet family yeah. and the next gen, you know, you got to be got to be ready to go. So that brings up the the next sort of tying it back in yes. uh, to get back from TVs. What do you think? Uh, what do you think about the implications of this for the Scarlet family moving into next generation, the Anaconda and the Lockhart of the discless thing? Yeah. I don't think there are any implications for that yet. You don't um, think so? I think they'll introduce a disc if this goes well. I think this is basically an experiment. Yeah. That they will observe and learn from on both the not only the technical side but the marketing side and the PR side and just what how people react to it. Do, yeah, and and well, I think they'll they could, they'll maybe in, they'll depending on how it goes introduce a discless uh, Scarlet family next gen console. Yeah, you know, a, a two two three years in the so Scarlet could have multiple SKUs the same way the three sixty I mean, did. They it does. Will. Yeah, yeah. The Anaconda. The rumor is right. Right, two the, of them. Yeah. The rumor is the Anaconda is the what do we call it? The, the bad boy. The the beefy boy. <laughs> that uh, was you. You that was you. Well, you called it the bad boy. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my Anaconda don't want none. <laughs> don't no. Don't boys. do it. That's the low hanging fruit. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, so Anaconda doesn't have a disc drive. Anaconda don't. It okay. does. God, I hate all of you. <laughs> yes, Anaconda does have a disk drive. It is, it is effectively going to be essentially the 1X component of next generation. The Xbox One Y. Oh, God. I hate you both. Uh, Please just explain the consoles. You guys don't behave. I'm going to talk about Dota again. Make you guys bored. The, the <laughs> Mid-range and high-end PC, okay? Anaconda in a console form. is the king. Anaconda is the high-end. Scarlet. Scarlet Scarlet's the family is the Scarlet is the family. Lockhart is the budget or entry the, level. The standard. standard. I don't feel like that these don't have a good theme here. Like I want. Yeah, well, we were talking about this. They stopped using the names of towns we've never heard. Micro, of. Well, for for years, Microsoft used cities as code names. Yeah, yeah. going back to Durango. I, I, when I was Nadal. a hardcore PC gamer, my teenage years, Windows ninety eight, I believe. Was Memphis was the code Des Moines? <laughs> no, I'm serious. It was there was there was Memphis, and then uh, yeah, I mean they're, they're, Grand Rapids. They've used, they, stop. They've used <laughs> cities for so long. Yeah, cities around the world. <laughs> Natal introducing Project Paris, yeah. Paris, Texas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. So Anaconda will be the high end one. Lockhart will be the low end one. But I'm curious, not low end, standard, standard. Um, I'm curious if this discless experiment applies to Lockhart and you guys brought up a good point where well, this is an experiment. They're, they're going to look at it. They're going to, you know, watch how it performs, learn from it. 
But I got to wonder, like, is that obviously they have metrics that they're they're looking at and they're concerned about and they think it's valuable to, to run this experiment. But why would you introduce a product like this so late in the life cycle of your product so, to see who to see conversion? Like my, my thoughts are you're trying to convert PS4 owners who want Game Pass. Like that sort of seems like the sweet spot. Um, so like what I would see this as is people who did miss out on most of the Xbox generation, like say, yeah, the PS4 players, whatever it may be. Um, for me, like I got a PS3 super late in the generation. Like mm. at the end, Last of Us was out. I was like, oh, I should play this. I did as well. Yeah. And so then I got I it. I bought that sweet and bundle. It was, yeah, it was like a good bundle. It was a good price. And so I think if you have this idea, people don't want to have to like clutter their library with a bunch of Xbox like mm. physical copies and they have this, you know, digital version and you have a good internet. Like this is a great entry point to like catch up on all those Xbox exclusives you may have missed. So I think that's kind of who you're scooping up. And then again, people who want a second console or one for travel or whatever it may be. Um, like if you have another room or something, if you like got your new entertainment room all set up you got you got that ready to go you want to put your xbox there as well instead of having to carry it back and forth yeah um i think there's like a lot of ways people would want to use this um in just even speaking from my own experience of how i've bought consoles late in generations and just because like maybe people are like you know i just want to wait until this library is like full like full of great games for me to play for the sure. next few years sure. and to catch up on yeah this seems like an uh, a good time to remi- remind ourselves that not not everyone plays by the generational calendar there yeah. are so many gamers out there right that that you know the, the the xbox one and ps4 generation doesn't suddenly completely end in fall 2020 <laughs> you may no longer buy right <laughs> it doesn't just all evaporate and go away so you know there are lots of people that come in you know when when the prices get super low and you know they those people won't upgrade to to, to the Scarlet family yeah. for another three yeah, to that, five years. You that's know? a good point. Like, what, what was it, 2014, 2015, where we, uh, there was that news report that they'd finally stopped manufacturing Xbox 360s? Like right. That, that, oh, yeah, that, there's always... That was yeah. the sunset of it. So yeah. there is... Yeah, you're right. There is a lot of, like, generational bleed-in, right? Cynically, my, uh, my cynical response to your question of, like, why do this super late in the, in the generation with the, the new ones on the horizon would be... If it goes horribly wrong from a marketing or PR perspective, then you've got at least got the next generation right around the corner to like wipe the slate clean. Mm. Like if it just if the mess if anything goes terribly wrong with it, it it can be a short lived problem. It's not a bad it's not a bad point. Uh, Again, it's not cynically. It's not a cynic. You have to look at all the angles in this line of work, right? And I, I think that's probably a legitimate. Like they have the big announcement coming. I mean, you got to imagine that they're going to at least detail a little bit E3 2019, the, the Scarlet family. Yeah, we talked about that last week. Yeah, uh, but you have the big, big announcement coming what uh, early 2020 right. or whatever it ends up being. Looking for in-depth discussions about the process of making video games from the very people who actually make them? Then IGN is happy to present Starburns Audio's upcoming podcast, Humans Who Make Games. Hosted by comedian and Adam Ruins Everything star Adam Conover, Humans Who Make Games offers insight into the origins of games like Spelunky, Binding of Isaac, and more from the people who made them. The first episode will be with Binding of Isaac developer Edmund McMillan. Stay tuned for more from Humans Who Make Games on IGN, and be sure to subscribe to the show's Apple podcast feed for new episodes as they debut. All right, let's move past this topic, but good stuff. Uh, tip of the hat to Jez Corden and Windows Central uh, yeah. for digging that stuff up. Uh, so, Borderlands 3, that is a game that has been teased and mentioned, and I feel like it's that close to reaching 
Getting ready for the camera switch. <laughs> that reaching boy who cried wolf status, where people are just like, just announce the darn game already. Well, that may <laughs> finally be about to happen. Uh, per the official PAX not gonna do it East now. 2019 <laughs> schedule, Gear, I can't wait till we're on audio only and get it. We can end all this. <laughs> <What's> so- <laughs> uh, <laughs> Morbo, that was fantastic. Thank you, oh man, uh, you got to watch for this. This is for. Oh my god, we're going off so the rails good. with video. Nobody here. knows what's going on right now, so uh, you either have to switch the camera to Destin, or we have to fill him in on audio. Borderlands like three. three. There it is. I'm gonna rein this back in. There we go. Uh, he's, he's been doing that for 30 seconds. Gearbox's main theater show will happen on March 28th, the first day of the event. In the show's description, it says. This is your opportunity to get a behind-the-scenes look at Gearbox Software and Gearbox Publishing, along with the latest news and updates from the makers of Borderlands, Battleborn, Brothers Arms, and more. We will have never-before-seen reveals, exclusives, and surprises, so don't miss out. To which Randy Pitchford followed up on Twitter. Battleborn 2. A bunch of us will be there. We have a number of exciting things to share. I've had to miss PAX East and West for over a year, so I'm very excited to return. So um, they're they're hyping it up themselves. They're just... This cannot. We cannot go another. If another like false tease here, uh, it's it's probably going to happen. There's if, no way. Yeah, there's if, no way they go in without Borderlands three. If anyone looks at this as anything other than a Borderlands three reveal, then I don't know what to say. Duke Nukem like, what, begins, what? baby. <laughs> no man. Uh, the first Battle Pack in the Battle South. Royale. Yeah, at the first Pack South, they said we're working on Borderlands three and we're hiring people to develop the game. Yeah. I was there. It was a cool it's moment. Like three years was ago. That three years that ago. Was a long time ago. I don't know how long ago it was. It was it really three years? Yeah. Might have been Maybe. four. Might have been four. Yeah. It's been a while. Oh, God. I'll look it up. Uh, but then of it course, doesn't really matter. <laughs> then of course Very I think important. it was GDC where there was a panel. Uh, oh, the the tech talking little, about the tech, engine. Yeah, the they, Unreal Engine. Thing. They showed a couple of assets from Borderlands Three, and that was like two years ago. That blew up. That was like one of our biggest oh, stories huge. from that event. And all it was was an asset being like moved around in in 3D real time. Right. Um, it looks good. I'm I'm really curious to see what they're doing with borderlands 3 with this new engine but like i 100 percent believe this is going to be a borderlands 3 reveal and i'm really shocked it's going to be at pax to be honest i'm not i mean they announced it's a, that like what, south and it's a it's such a you know it's a community four-player focused game i mean yeah. why not it, it just feels like uh, gearbox is a company too like they just feel a little bit more playful in that yeah i think it's great like i, I mean you're gonna you're gonna announce it at uh, you know, a fan facing event, but I also think like, man, that's three months away from E3, the biggest stage in the world when it comes to video games. Why would you? Why would your marketing team not want to, not want to debut it on like either a major first party stage or have your own sort of uh, Bethesda Square Enix? Sort why not of both, Brandon? Yeah, it could. Just I'm be sure. A teaser yeah, like I, I, you're right. You're right about that. I'm, I'm sure they're going to detail it again. Yeah, like this yeah. is their trailer hit. It's sort of a teaser, and then they do a big gameplay drop during E3, showing off a lot of the new yeah. I mean, my, and how they're evolving the franchise. I mean, the the way they're hyping this up right now, there's no way it's anything less than a than an actual reveal. They're mm-hmm. going to confirm, right? But that reveal could be a 10 second teaser. That's no, true. Like I don't. You, I don't no, think. I think you could absolutely do that and say more at E3. I totally disagree. I think the amount that they're hyping this up, you need at least a full trailer, and you like need some sort some sort of detail. About like, it, yeah. I mean, like 10 seconds of actual like gameplay or something like not. I, obviously, they would talk more about it at length, but I don't think they actually have to show much to justify what they're trying to say right here. A trailer and then a Based panel. Based on what I've seen from other PR companies and like how other people have revealed things. Mm. It's just, it's, pa- it's heard of. Pax, I could totally see them doing like a trailer and then a large panel about 
the new game and their concept art for the new thing, Q&A about where they're taking the franchise. And then a lot of teases like, stay tuned for E3. Well, I mean, all this content together is not so much of a tease. It's it's the reveal, which is sort of what they're hyping up right now. Mm -hmm. I don't know why you don't hold that for E3. It reveals. Because they can own the stage of PAX. They can own the stage of PAX. They're competing at E3. But for me, Destin, you touched on uh, the bigger question, and maybe I'm looking way too much into this, but... What kind of game is Borderlands 3? And I say that because you're like, well, Ryan, you're insane. It's, it's, a, it's a looter shooter, you know, like Borderlands 2 was, but, um, you know, which sort of pioneered the genre to an extent. I mean, it took first-person shooters in Diablo and kind of crammed them together. But, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, in, in, a, in a Destiny, Division, Anthem world, Gearbox has been working on this for a long time. Like, is it going to sort of keep the same gameplay formula mm-hmm. and mechanics uh or i mean is this going to try and make a leap to be a shared world shooter and be kind of the always online type of thing in a in a you know and, and sort of try to broaden the borderlands universe because i could absolutely see gearbox trying to trying to do that or here's the thing they did sweet they did cooperative play better than anybody else at the time with borderlands 2 and i would just like them to see I would like to see them evolve that concept that they they really solidified with the the second game and go forward with that. They could do something like Anthem where you can easily squat up with people but not force you into it. And if it's stable, then they've got a winner on their hands. It's hard to mess up the Borderlands formula. Yeah, and I think they have a really unique tone and space to work with. So it's Mm -hmm. like Anthem and Destiny both have like that like obviously that super sci-fi kind of new world sort of feel to it but borderlands is just very different tonally and i think yes. that's like something we'd want more in that space mm. as well goofy and fun yeah mm-hmm. so, well with okay, destin cool. you i mean you're you play you're an absolute expert in the genre in, in this in this new you know kind of shared world shooter genres yeah would borderlands be a good fit for it Oh, absolutely. There's people all the time that are still playing Destiny or playing Anthem, and they're like, man, Borderlands did this better, and they hearken back to Borderlands 2 constantly and how much they enjoyed the loot grind and just how much loot you got in Borderlands and how they nailed that aspect of the game and how these other games still haven't quite found that loot drop rate that makes sense. Anthem is definitely struggling with it. Mm -hmm. I think that's a bit of an unfair comparison because – the worlds that you're talking about, Destiny, Anthem, The Division, they exist mm-hmm. in a space where everything sort of has to be balanced. Anthem, not so much because there's no PvP but in say, it. Yeah, but if you remove PvP, then it's not as much of a problem. That's why I think people found Borderlands loot drive or loot grind, sort of that loop, so satisfying is because Borderlands, all it had to do was create a random generated table of effects and you could throw them on and create whatever – statistically the most overpowered weapon exists right but there are uh, probably millions of it close to it and once you found that weapon you felt like oh my god this loot grind is amazing look at this gun that i found you can't do that in the division right you have to be able to or or destiny you have to be able to balance things for use in their their sort Good of point. intended purpose so i don't know i don't know that borderlands could survive that transition without co- uh, changing fundamentally sort of what made borderlands really goofy and fun and over the top because everything was over the top, you know? Well, here's the thing. 
Diablo 3 made the mistake of launching with stingy loot, and then they corrected it, and now it's heralded as one of the best looter games. There was a lot more to the loot 2.0 in Diablo than Mm -hmm. that, yeah. A lot of it had to do with the auction house as well, where that loot existed. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The problem is the drop rates were so low that once you put it on the auction house, people were charging literally thousands of dollars for a digital sword that did 30% lightning damage proc on hit, you know? So to see Diablo 3 launch correct their mistake and then to see all these other games launch with the mm. same mistakes that Diablo learned it's from crazy. it's it's absolutely insane and i think gearbox and the borderlands team who already kind of had that loot thing with borderlands 2 nailed i don't i don't see how they launch a game where it's wrong or like in a weird state especially when they have just so much knowledge to work off of yeah. which it's a shame that these other games haven't just adopted immediately uh, destiny is in a fairly good spot actually with their loot drops right now and same with Division, actually, playing Division 2 over the weekend. I noticed that they have a pretty consistent loot drop rate early game mm-hmm. and that you can constantly sort of toy around with these different gear pieces that you get as you power up. Sure. So they are learning. They are getting to a good spot. But Borderlands 2 was there before any of them. Right. But that loot was for a, you know, for all intents and purposes, solo experience or cooperative experience, like mm-hmm. campaign. It's not a persistent world. And I don't think the problem with these games is that the loot is stagnant or bad. Sometimes it is, for sure. Mm-hmm. But you and I, you and I both have – we're both approaching 100 hours in Anthem pretty mm-hmm. quickly. Um, the, the crazy, awesome loot is there. The problem with these games is that once you hit the end game, there's nothing to do with it. And that is not a strength Borderlands has had if you remember the ending of Borderlands 1. Like they're – they would have to completely fundamentally change that story, narrative, structured gameplay. Right, but that's the thing. is In they, order to create that endgame experience. If, if they were, I mean, yeah, that's just part of the requirements, right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's, like, a lot of things that have to change, and so that's just part of it. Like, right. I don't think it's unfair to say. That's, but I think the personality from Borderlands comes from that story, right? The writers were oh, so sure. good and created it. So w- when you hit the endgame, you run into the exact same problem with Anthem, where that story is gone, and now you just continue to do the same uh, you know the same activities over and over and over to get the gun with whatever. But yeah. then they would launch these boss encounters that you would able to you would be able to challenge yourself with to get really really coveted weapons in Borderlands too. So they already kind of learned from that mistake in Borderlands one. So mm-hmm. I would be really excited to see what lessons they've learned from their own games, from other games, and they implement together into whatever Borderlands three becomes. Really, all we can do is speculate right now. Sure, yeah. So we're yeah. speculating about problems sure that shooting. don't even exist. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or really like, like we don't even know if this is going to be a sure world shooting. Yeah. Up. Hopefully, we well, we should hope. Hopefully now we're finally going to find out. Uh, I, d- I hope in, they don't. I hope fun. it remains <laughs> what it is and what it does well, which is a fun cooperative romp with your friends. I don't want another game of service, and yeah. I don't know that other people do as well, but we'll see. All right, bookmark this episode because we'll, we'll, see, <laughs> we'll see how this turns out. Uh, Apex Legends, the Woo-hoo. absolute biggest smash hit of 2019. Speaking of games of so services. Far, <laughs> yeah, has just surpassed 50 million Jesus. total players absolutely astounding uh and and really <laughs> i wanted to bring up just a, a a little poetic justice here i thought you know i'm just first of all i i'm a big fan of of the respawn team i've uh vince zampella has been very nice to me throughout my career i've i've interviewed him so many times i i've professionally known him for a long long time now got a collection of very cool hats well. He does. He's he's yeah. He um, but yes, he did all three. So what I wanted to note was that not only has the launch of Apex Legends gone 
pretty much perfectly smoothly compared to uh, Anthem, Troubled, Battlefront 2, Troubled, Battlefield 5, uh, released in pieces and still hasn't, still hasn't, thank you, still hasn't uh, finished releasing. They've got, uh, they've got their, their uh, Firestorm Battle Royale supposedly out later this month. And Apex is now not only a bigger hit than Titanfall ever was, which Part of that makes me a little sad inside because I love Titanfall so much, but I'm ultimately I mean, super happy for them. It just makes me like hopeful for the next Titanfall, though. Like if people are seeing this, like, yes. oh yeah, this is a great team. Why didn't I pay attention before? Yes. And like, I know a lot of people make a lot of jokes on the Apex Legends Reddit too about just waiting for the Titanfall sale so everyone can jump on. Yeah, um, I feel like it's that series is going to be in a better place because of Apex. I love your optimism, mm-hmm. and the the poetic justice I wanted to point out was that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so with Titanfall 2, we in the industry, fans and media alike, talked at large about Respawn got screwed by their own publisher when EA put Titanfall 2 and its unbelievably good single-player campaign, still tremendous multiplayer, put it out right between Call of Duty whatever, I don't friggin' remember what it was that year, it doesn't matter, and, uh, and Battlefield 1. Yeah. It was sandwiched directly between the two of them, and you have to... I mean, it's not unreasonable to say that Titanfall 2, that was one of the reasons why it suffered. 100%. Well, now, <clears throat> you, have, uh, you have Respawn, who, who gets a little, a little uh, justice here, because it is now uh, the other EA game, DICE's... Uh, Firestorm, the the Battlefield Five Battle Royale Battle Royale mode that is see- seemingly I don't see how is it on it, the way. Yes, but I, <laughs> I I don't see how it doesn't suffer because of everybody is playing Apex Legends. I mean, you're at you, you've got a sixty dollar game in Battlefield Five, so yes, people have already bought that, but and I'm sure it'll go on sale when Firestorm launches, mm-hmm. but. You've got a free Apex Legends that is all your friends are playing it. Everybody loves it, and so when Firestorm finally launches, and and, and I'm not trying to make this a competition, I, I you know, but it is like but, they're fighting but, for a similar space. But the anyway. time, I'm just saying, like poor respawn got completely shafted with Titanfall two, and now uh, they're they're in the position they're doing the shafting with. Uh, <laughs> With, now uh, they're the ones in the way. Right. With, <laughs> the uh, chef D has become the chef. <laughs> exactly. A quick Google search tells me it is still March and that EA is not worried about them competing. Of okay. course. Well, what, if, so what are they going to say? Yeah, I we're literally terrible. asked this question yeah. when Titanfall 2 came out, and yeah. the quote that I got was, we're not worried about competition. We think that these two franchises serve different audiences. Bullshit. So, like, I... I <laughs> Maybe you should. kind of. I mean, I think the problem, too, is that Call of Duty already has Blackout established, firmly yeah. rolling through. Um, and Firestorm has to be something very impressive to catch people who are already on every other Battle Royale train. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I'm so curious about like what is it's going to be, what's, what's going to make it really special, right? Um, and I think it having a cost attached is going to make it harder for people to I get invested in it. I don't see how I'll, there's any way. So let's say let's say you did buy Battlefield Five, and you said, you know what, I'm I'm playing it. I enjoyed it. Maybe multiplayer. Maybe this this I like the single player in it. Right. Um, and you thought, okay, well, cool. Firestorm comes out in March. I'm totally gonna play that. Uh, but out of nowhere, in 
February came Apex Legends, yeah. and now you and all, and all your friends are hooked on that. You might not be playing Firestorm also, anymore. The, the Battle Pass is about to come out sometime soon. Like yeah. just sometime yep. in March, there is there's going to be a new Legend, so there's going to be things insane. that kind of reinvigorate it again. That's insane. Yeah. I mean, the only Ooh. oh god, the only saving grace I could see from EA's planning standpoint with this release schedule is that they were hedging their bets that Apex Legends didn't take sure. off, so Firestorm sure. would be there to pick them back I up, but. It took off. Now the battle pass comes out in March. So you're essentially saying, good luck, Firestorm. You basically have your Fortnite and you're going to launch something that would theoretically compete with it. It's not going to happen. I'll call it right now. Apex is going to stay on top. For sure. Firestorm's going to be a blip on the radar at best. So like, I'm yeah. sure it'll be a fun mode, but yeah, no you're, one's you're discounting the quality. You're competing with a monster. Your own monster, happen. yeah. If you're EA, I would really like them to have a free weekend. If if it's not free, like we don't really know what they're going to do with release yeah. on this anymore. I, I think they have um, to. Right? I, I really want them to be able to put their best foot forward and say, like, "Hey, please come try this kind of thing." Mm. Yes. So you can see if you want yeah. to invest your time in it. Can they delay um, it to May? Like, would that be a reasonable window? I don't really know. What's the you price mean when point Apex hits seventy five million players? Price point? I think it's just part of. Oh, okay. So it's included if you purchase. I believe it. so. Oh, when you said it has a cost associated, I thought it was an addition. No, no, yeah, I don't. No. I don't believe so. Yeah, yeah. But just as far as buying the game, didn't pick up Battlefield Five. I mean, maybe they wouldn't be interested anyway. But who knows, right? Like you don't know. Yeah. Like if they do do a free weekend and then they say, "Hey, we're offering a special price point for this," if it's part of um, something that they actually want to charge for, like addition as like just a Battlefield Five. Here's the game because mm-hmm. it comes with this, and you still have to pay for it. Um, I, I know it's just very interesting to see what they'll be doing with this as far as people who aren't into Battlefield Five. Right. Here's what I see happening. They're trying to get the Battle Royale kids in. They get all the influencers. They pay them to play the game for a, for a day or two or whatever, like Dr. Disrespect, Shroud, all those big streamers that do Battle Royales. Mm-hmm. They're going to play this, and the second they don't need to anymore, they're going to go back to Apex. Immediately. Yep. And uh, I think... Uh, Firestorm should get the heck out of the March window. I mean, move to April, late April, move to May. Just There's no reason not to. I don't okay. see the benefit of launching right now. I don't now. think it's fair to say that they're just going to go straight back to Apex. Again, we don't know what Firestorm is. We don't know how good it is. We That's don't true. know what its hook is. And like maybe Making there's something really special about it, but we don't know. <laughs> I mean, sure, but you know. But yeah, People the, attach the, to different things, the barrier yeah. to entry, right? though, yeah. free versus not free, yeah, is just, just big, cannot be understated big or oh, overstated. Ab- absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, there's nothing that's including us, including marketing. There is nothing that is more convincing to a person than trying something on their own. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I think if you launch <laughs> if you launch Firestorm uh, and people see other streamers playing it. They either have to really love it and sell it word of mouth via their game changer program, EAs, or you're going to get people who like maybe wait for a sale for Battlefield to go back and play it, right? Because you're right. That barrier to entry is going to prevent people from checking this out. And I don't know why EA keeps doing this. They're releasing games that compete with each other. Like they're all direct competitors. Yeah. Apex Apex is fresh. It It's hits all the tenants that people like in a in a battle royale game and improves upon them it learned from them introduced the ping system if firestorm comes out and it's more battlefield 5 but it's a battle royale that's not going to be innovative enough for the player base to really grasp onto it in my opinion yeah but we'll time will tell miranda is right but i i truly think like they will have to do something pretty remarkable in order to catch that attention that apex has ea's other a likely huge hit of this year that's probably not going to compete with any of the games we're talking about uh, is Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order 
also from Respawn Entertainment. I'm so excited. Uh, for this guys. is yeah. This is uh, this is uh, Stig Asmussen's game. He was the project nice. lead on the director on God of War three uh, on PS3. They've been working on this with a, a second team at Respawn for a long, long time now. When I was there. I went to Respawn to shoot a thing for IGN for Titanfall 2, and they had a locked-off yeah. wing for the, the Star Wars team that I Same. was not allowed to go into. So, I mean, it's, it's been a while. They're cranking on it. Uh, it's out this fall, and uh, just my hype intensified this week because, again, it's Respawn. It's the project director of God of War 3. You've got some great ingredients there. Uh, seemingly EA hasn't been mucking with this at all. Uh, and now we've learned that Chris Avalon, the just one of the most respected, uh, most brilliant writers, game writers in our industry has, uh, has written for this game. He's, he's been writing it uh, in secret for like the past year. And if you don't know Chris, these are some of the games on his resume. Uh, well, actually his resume is everything at Obsidian, all that great stuff. Yeah. Fallout New Vegas, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, going back, and then you keep you can keep going way back to, you know, the uh the um what's the Planescape Torments of the World. I mean, just some I incredible think he, he wrote for Baldur's Gate as well, correct? I believe so. Yeah. I mean yeah. and that has some of the best writing fantasy, like fantasy RPG nerds like me. That is the holy grail of writing. Yeah, Chris has been a, a free agent for a while, and he's so he's he's contributed to various projects. And yeah, he he has been working on Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. So you know, this is probably going to be a fairly narrative heavy, mm-hmm. third person heavy action game. So with Chris writing it, I mean, this is now like... Which is crazy to me, yeah, because we've never seen a third person action game from Respawn before. That's true. I mean, Apex... You know, is Apex and Titanfall, and that's, that's and and that we've... team prior to being respawn was mostly Infinity Ward right. that made Great first person Call of Duty games. Shooters. So yeah, this is uh, this is their first toe in the water on on third person action. But you know, you've got Stig there to help that transition. Uh, and this, yeah, this just like this game's probably probably going to rocket up everyone's. Uh, hype yeah. list as soon as it's it's re- being revealed at celebration i was wondering where you're going with that rocket up everyone <laughs> you're gross rocket, no i it's just rocket a weird shoot. turn of phrase i don't know um, <laughs> man it's, yeah it's, it's com- so it's coming out holiday 2019 or yeah. it's you know it's when it's projected um being revealed at celebration we haven't seen anything. No one's seen a thing. This is going to be a huge reveal. The only thing we've seen is some mocap footage and some people drawing on digital pads. Like, that's right. it. And yet, I'm more excited for Jedi Fallen Order than I am for Firestorm. Yeah. <laughs> they have, they've been so quiet about it. And it's supposed to come out this month, Firestorm. And uh, this is very exciting to me based on the, the people working on it. Yeah. And their, their qual- bar of quality on their pre-existing projects. Yeah. All the... Everything is... All the planets are aligned for this to potentially be a... A excellent, a excellent banger game. Yeah, absolutely. As they say, as mm-hmm. they say. Uh, finally, this week, I 
This is the one reason we should keep doing video, honestly. But uh, we might have to shoot a one-off just yeah, for this thing. No, we'll, we will be making videos with this, absolutely. But no. uh, inside, my, <laughs> first of all, the my, following content contains sensitive material. My 2016 game of the year, what I voted for at IGN. Oh my god, was that 2016? 2016. Uh, hey, scared. Overwatch won. Inside should have won. That's a different different conversation. But well, um, you may remember. Enjoy it was, your tweets. <laughs> it was a year ago that uh, I am eight bit put up a collector's edition. Hmm. Way you know, way after the fact, obviously, oh, like a cool metal steel case. Yeah, a and, physical okay yeah. collector's edition for inside. I thought we were going to talk about the Bonnie Ross interview. No, we don't have time. We're running out of time. <laughs> I mean, too, I was really surprised. Like, where are we going with I this? I plugged it at the top. <laughs> um, so the I am eight bit is doing a a collector's edition. With a physical thing that they won't say exactly what it is, but it's pretty obvious to anybody that's played the game, and I don't, I don't want to spoil it, even though the statute of limitations is long since up. If you haven't played Inside, it's three hours of your life. Go download it. I don't know what it costs now, but whatever it costs, it's worth it. It's one of the best games of this generation, and you will, you will get to the end of the three hours, and you will just ha- your jaw will hang agape right. at the I'm end sorry. of the... Realistic Three hours. jiggle physics in a, in a great way, but um, <laughs> you can't just say that. <laughs> I can. I just did. You just did. Anyway, uh, I am eight bits <laughs> doing a physical collector's edition for a an, uh, something from inside, and the the they are partnering with Real Doll on it. And you said I'm gross. <laughs> we I did. This is. I'm just reporting the news here, bit. dude. Dear God, what do you want from me? <laughs> Not on, this. Guys, editorialize <laughs> what you get paid for. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Real Doll. Is uh, is is working with IM8 Bit and get this, uh, it's delayed because quote, <laughs> why <laughs> we're working diligently with our partners at Play Dead and Real Doll to ensure that this redacted is of the utmost quality. No one has ever made something like this before, so the R and D time is vital to producing a high quality redacted. And there is a little animated GIF in the oh, email uh-huh. with a with a blurred out whether you can see a shadow and so we go Destin just a wh- little bit what what's a real doll <laughs> oh. <laughs> why why can yeah. I ask this question Destin what's a real doll uh, from what I understand uh-huh. it is a yeah. usually humanoid figure <gasps> really with. Everything what? that a human would have. What? What is? What is? What do you mean? Within the the real life. What is it called? A real friends? doll. Though. What do you mean by that? What's in the real doll expert? I don't want, I don't want to say it. <laughs> anyway, I'm very uncomfortable right now. Ryan, trying to shield my what? front here. He, I, he's just scared. Google it. Your muffs. Just Google. Google. No, don't do that. Not at work. <laughs> yeah, do uh, not Google real do doll. Do not Google yeah. real doll at work. I'm sure there's some PC no, terminology it's the, that it's supposed to have realistic kind of flesh. Re- oh yeah, oh, my God. God. real doll is a marital aid that uh, you a you, mar- mar- really? what? Yes, I wouldn't call it that. Is, that. that is the that is the accepted proper term for uh, utensils of that type. You don't have to be married. I'm not uh, saying you definitely don't have to I'm not married. saying you have to. I'm saying that is the All right. Uh, real doll Back is a sex toy uh, that looks like a person with realistic supposedly realistic flesh skin. Also considered a mannequin. I would say it's hard to get married if you I think somebody and married okay. their There's, real doll. People have different preferences. Oh, they, if you if people yeah. marry their pillows, people have definitely married their real dolls. 
I've been on Reddit. Anyway, anyway. the collector's edition, if Great you played inside, you can imagine what they might be doing, that what they might be making with real doll flesh, okay? So it's oh, delayed. It was supposed to be, uh, we ordered one. Per, per Schneider. <laughs> Wait, hold on. To clarify, per we ordered one for report. science. <laughs> oh, yeah, for science. Uh, well, it's not for inside. It's not the other product. Yeah. But it's fine. Well, I mean, it I didn't, is I it? didn't sneak anything else onto the order while I was there. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I really wonder why they delayed it. Like, what? Because it shouldn't exist, Miranda. Because <laughs> like, it's an abomination against God. <laughs> like yeah. the end of Inside, it shouldn't I mean, exist. <laughs> But, uh, yes. Um, it, so yeah, it was supposed to be out now-ish, Q1 2019, and they've simply said it's a TBD 2019 now. So we might be waiting another six to eight months for this thing. Uh, but when we do, when oh, we get it, no. mm-hmm. you can count on, uh, a lot video content being made on IGN.com yeah. because it's, it, this thing cost us $400. Introducing oh, IGN After Dark. It was four hundred dollars, and uh, thankfully, I was already reimbursed by by our accounts payable. Yeah, so it, it's property of IGN whenever it shows up, whenever that is. But yeah, just wanted to let everybody know that it's been delayed. Oh no, TBD twenty nineteen, right? But it's it's happening. I mean, it begs the question that we've been asking each other since we saw this thing. <laughs> yeah, Stop. what's its purpose? <laughs> Well, that's the whole. You have that's the whole fun of the game is it's it's a dis, it's a point of discussion after you complete the game. What yeah? What is all this? So, item. What do you do with so statues? In that same in that same vein, is this supposed to be a conversation topic? Like you walk in and that's sitting on yeah. your coffee table. Oh yeah, I mean, don't you? Of course, the in laws yeah. are coming over. I'm really excited about the conversations Ooh, we're going to share. Can you around get one this. of those nice glass boxes from IKEA. Yes, and we'll showcase it. It's like this. Yes, is our. Um, You'd have anyway. to, so it doesn't dry out. It's kind of weird dodging like what it is because it makes it sound way more lewd than it is. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, well, we don't want to spoil it, but also, it's just weird. We made the, the obvious thing. jokes, like when yeah. when this news story broke. Like, are you gonna? Yeah. Are you supposed to have sex with this thing? Like, is that what it's created for? I don't think that's the case. Someone's gonna no. Some, gonna have someone's gonna figure it out. Someone is putting their stuff on this. Anyway, Stop. it's that's gonna not happen. how it works. You anyway. don't put it on it. Come Wait, on, right? Can we do the loot box? Yeah. Can we move on? That's yeah. another name for this thing. The lo- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, this- someone's gonna rub it against themselves. Oh man, I God, I hope not. Is Ryan. it gonna be you? Uh, no. One here. I don't own one. Just don't. I never just. Don't ever tell me if you do. I don't I have no plans. <laughs> and let's I move would. on. Please, let's move on a loop box. Inside. Game of the year, 2016. <laughs> All right. Yes. Oh, I am 8-bit. What? You monsters. Okay. Uh, let's see. Do we even have time for this? Yes. I'm being told yes. All right. You just had the mic. What happened? Peter M. asks, uh, during my Unfiltered with Bonnie Ross, we discussed slip sp- the slip space engine and that it's being oh, made uh, to, to f- for the future development of Halo, new tools, new generation. Uh, it enables their creative process because the old the engine was 18 years old, Bonnie told me. Is when you think about it, it's like, oh, yeah, they've just been building on it for, for so long. That, that it's, engine's it's old enough to vote. It is. And drink uh, in Europe. Outside the U.S. <laughs> yeah, outside yeah. the U.S. Anyway... Uh, Peter mentions, yeah, we also talked about uh, the IP's potential to branch out into other genres. We're talking about, hey, would you do another Halo Wars or or something else? And 
So Peter asks, uh, what genres would you like to see Halo branch out into, whether it's mm. with the slip space engine, but just in general, where, where do you want to see 343 take things moving forward as, as side, you know, not main things, side stories, uh, uh, you know, just other Halo games. Oh my God, I'm such a hypocrite, but... <clears throat> shared world shooter. Yes! <laughs> I could totally see them making Halo Infinite as a shared world shooter. No, no, where you not s- infinite. Not infinite. No, no, no. Other I Halo, other Halo games, yeah, but but like taking the Halo Infinite baseline foundation, okay. what they create, and turning that into a shared world shooter where you and a squad of Spartans, you guys go and, and go through the solar system, and uh, we're hearing reports there's flood incursion on planet 29467, and you- so like take it back to the, set it in like the early part of the Spartan 2 program when they're all kind of just- on their like in the oh. books where they're all just kind of going on oh, yeah, adventures yeah. around like that, missions around the galaxy. And that stuff. would be super cool, but I don't think it would happen because the amount of content you need and variety you would. Why would you throw away all the assets and stuff you've designed for the forerunners and everything else? But I like where your head's at. Yeah. Some, some that would be cool. Like blue team Spartans could get lost and find forerunner technology and be cut off from everybody else. <gasps> Time warp an adventure. Time warp. You never know. We're, great idea, Brandon. Thanks. Yeah. XCOM, hundred percent. I would Ooh, love an yeah. XCOM Halo. Nice. Like you can name all the characters that's pretty oh, cool yeah they could yeah. even be named for you after like characters from the official lore counterpoint and then you... i think there's an xcom 2 mod that you can turn your soldiers into spartans well let's see it for real uh, in yeah, the I know. Space let's do it. and a spinoff oh. i would absolutely Ooh, Ooh, Ooh. love that yeah. yeah i think uh i would want one for for uh probably like april 1st that's a special day <laughs> i want a dating sim long <laughs> jokes about it with kelly plague from GameSpot. we have an um kind of co-writing very vaguely stories that you would have Again, good good April first launch like, day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very I like goofy. That. I don't think they need that whole engine for that. But um, in all seriousness, I think sure there's like a lot of tactics game you could do. I'm pretty sure you were serious about the dating sim. <laughs> <laughs> so like, what a grunt date a Spartan. <laughs> there's actually some really good romance in Halo Five. You just have to find it. Really? Yeah. There's like a whole Easter egg thing. Are you? Right. Are you? So I'm not you, even joking. <laughs> do you want to date up like Spartans, or do you want yeah. like a had a full boyfriend like uh, grunt I mean, you could kind do, of situation? You could, I think you go a lot of ways with this, but I think dating a Spartan would make for a very interesting experience. <laughs> interesting. So um, I'm gonna say, and I'm completely serious. I would love to see them find the right studio and make a full blown Kotor style like Western RPG. Like a, a Halo role playing game because there's so much richness, narrative richness yeah. in this universe, you know, and there's so many corners of it you can mm-hmm. go to. Like, you know, think kind of a bl- like a blend of Kotor and Mass Effect. Like maybe it's, maybe it's, you know, not, could be not quite as action y, but just very, very, very story heavy, um, you know, galaxy spanning kind of thing. A Halo role-playing game would, that would be, be super cool. So, uh, I really like Peter's um, idea of having a horror game. Oh, I think that, that's a really interesting With the flood? Of, yeah. Uh, yes. Halo IP. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, part of the loot box was he threw out his own his own um, uh, suggestion where uh, this made me think of how Halo would look and play in a survival horror game mm-hmm. with the Flood as the main antagonist and yes. how it could explore this terrifying and grotesque part of the lore. That could be interesting. I think that is mm-hmm. such a cool flood idea. Flood space. Mm-hmm. It, I like that. <laughs> Especially, uh, yeah, man, Halo flood space. God, that <laughs> box art writes itself. Right? Uh, especially with this new engine. Anytime a new engine comes out, that is such an exciting. Oh, you can play with the lighting proposition, the yeah. lighting, the sound, the ambience, yes. uh, the atmosphere would be incredible. Uh, you know, assuming that the engine is awesome, which I, I'm guessing it, it would it be. It sure was in their demonstration of it at E3 last year. 
But how about this for either a prologue or I mean, you could base a game off it. But the scene uh, from Halo One where you initially encounter the flood, you open those doors and the soldiers come just like pouring out of there, like screaming and freaking out. Tell their story, mm. like what happened. Oh, in, I like that. what happened in that bunker. Oh, like the got there. the first discovery of the flood oh, on Halo. Yeah, that's that, really good. That would be dope. Mm-hmm. Or I'd, I'd also really want because I like eventually that gets boring, right? Like you, you have your little flood babies. I can't remember the name <laughs> of them. Of course, thank I you. I still the eggplants. I always uh, called them popcorn. Yeah, <laughs> popcorn. Uh, you have your popcorn. You've got your your human flood. Your covenant flood. Um, but I'd, I'd really like – I'd love to experience sort of kind of like the alien isolation effect where you have an intelligence behind the, the, mm. the antagonist. The so like grave get the grave mind involved and like somehow it taunts you and talks to you. I like that. It's like a, a show little bit of kind of thing. Yeah. A little bit of amnesia where you're it's, going crazy. Yeah. And like yeah. we know that the flood in, in the lore has taken over ships, right? Like that's how right. they do it. They crash into ships. Maybe they crashed into your ship and now you're aboard this floating in, tumor in space and you've got to escape it and the entire time the grave mind is like you're the last one <laughs> you know this is a horror game I would, a- I would fight through because i love halo so much yeah yeah I, i'm actually the same way i don't play yeah. horror games. So lot, i can't lot- stop thinking about your dating sim though oh. like the human characters like you look really nice today and the spartans like i've had my emotions suppressed due to the augmentation yeah. process it would be but such i think an you look nice thing. also it's very goofy like dating yeah. spartan would be real weird yeah they're just very. So live they're, looking they're, at three four three right now, where they're all scribbling furious <laughs> oh, I'm notes. Sure. Like again, these guys are full of gold. It would be a very fun, like one off, weird, short experience. Mm. Yes, <laughs> uh, Peter, good job. That is uh, that's an excellent <laughs> box question. Your armor looks nice today. My armor has received the minimal levels of cleanliness. <laughs> uh, if you would like to ask us a question for the panel in the loot box, send it to unlocked at ign.com. Let's do the trivia before we get out of here. Drew, whose gamer tag is saves the day. Get it? Drew saves the day. This came from my uh, Bonnie Ross unfiltered interview, and I actually did not know this when she said it. Which game was the very, very first Xbox game to ever pass certification? So officially the first Xbox game ever. Was it Fusion Frenzy? Was it Azuric? Halo? Or Mad Dash Racing? <clears throat> Anybody know? I don't know. No, I don't know that, either. I haven't listened to the full interview yet, which if I had, this was I a test. Know. That's all this was. <laughs> yes. oh. No, I'm kidding. It's fine. <laughs> Brian's like, well, whoever wins, you all lose because I'm very disappointed. <laughs> <in you." laughs> I'll throw a guess out there. I'll throw a guess out there. Me too. All right, I'll say Azuric because the other two seem too obvious. It old Azuric. Yeah. I also agree. Halo seems like the obvious choice, and Fusion Frenzy is the one that's most notable. So I'm going to go D. Mad Dash Racing. Mm. I was thinking B, but I love Fusion Frenzy, so I'm going to vote with my heart. <laughs> I'm so glad you voted with your eyes. Uh, Frenzy yeah. was the first one to pass search. me down. Yes. I figured because it came bundled with a lot of consoles, didn't yeah. it? Yeah. Really? Uh, we, have a, we have a three-way tie at three points with three people. Three, three, three. Yeah. I had no idea I got three points. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if anybody out there has an Xbox trivia question that they want to ask the panel, send that to the aforementioned unlocked at IGN.com email address. I need the question for multiple choice answers. Please note the correct answer in your email and we'll play again next week. And speaking of trivia, because this is our last video episode, um, never say never, but for the foreseeable future, uh, Destin and I brought the trophies. A lot of people have been hitting me up on Twitter and I'm a terrible person because I didn't post pictures like I said I was going to. Not the only reason why. Uh, thank you. Uh, but yes, this is the trophy from 2018. Uh, it opens up very coolly. Uh, 
there's it's wood covered with some stars and that is a connect on top um thank you again for uh creating cigars and, in and sending yeah, it in cool, like, i don't cigar smoke box. cigars but i i might oh yeah there you go um you can hold it for me Thanks. Can't have it. Uh, and then Dustin's. Uh, I have two trophies: 2015 oh! and 2016. Smaller than mine put together, though. So, okay. Well, the I've Dookie, twice, the original. I, I love the name of the Dookie. And this this is the one where I, I okay. pulled the trigger and it went flying. <laughs> but yeah, but I have two, and Brandon has one. And the so, SE, one yes. very large one. I have yeah. a grunt. <laughs> and a grunt. Stole it from Mitch. No. Well. It's fine. There you go. That's the look, Adam. Stuff. This unlocked. Thank you guys for making these. These are yeah, these are really the, cool. The community always makes the trophies every year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we'll see what this year's trophy ends up being. And thank you so much for tuning in for all these episodes. Yeah, and to be explicitly clear, the show is continuing, yeah. Yeah. just not on video, audio only from, from here forward. But like Ryan mentioned last week, vid- uh, episodes will still go up on YouTube. Yes, uh, we, you. They just won't have the video treatment. It'll be a logo. None of this. None of no the talking and, and the talking. moving. No, no mouth moving. Uh, just words. Yeah. So sounds. deafening, awkward silences. I, I guarantee those will still happen. Yeah. Lots of Xbox news, jokes. Uh, I'm sure you'll get a bam or two. But I guess uh, yeah, I'm going back. Uh, I'm editing the show again. So <laughs> no. I can make you all. I can just chop up your words and make you say anything. <laughs> I love Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan is the best. See? This this guy, knows, go. this guy knows review seasons around the corner. <laughs> Performance reviews. Get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> All right. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at DMC underscore Ryan. The aforementioned Bonnie Ross unfiltered interview is what I would love for you to watch and, and or listen to if you have not done so yet. Uh, oh, baseball fans. That's right. I'm plugging PlayStation stuff because... RBI baseball is probably not going to cut it. I know it just came out. I got to check it out this year, see if it's if it's any good. But MLB the show absolutely has kicked butt every year on PlayStation Four. So if you're a hardcore baseball fan, I've got a whole bunch of new gameplay videos up on IGN of uh, the new modes. They got some cool new modes this year. So take a look at that for you baseball fans, Destin. Yeah, um, thank you everybody for watching the video components. I remember back in the day. This was me frantically throwing some green gel lights and a t- television monitor on a uh, on a black backdrop for Beyond and Unlocked and uh, a lot of the shows. So to see it come into the studio and have uh, a little bit more production behind it, it is it's really cool to see. So just uh, thank you for watching the show, and uh, that's all I really have to say about Unlocked. We're going to continue on audio, and I look forward to speaking with you guys for a long time to come. I didn't know you were the original producer. Oh, yeah. Th- this was not a video product at one point, and I'm like, why not? Mm-hmm. Let's throw up a camera. It's not that hard, and start recording, and we did. And then uh, I would sync it up, and I would export all the all the shows. Wow. Thanks, Dustin. <laughs> Patient that's, zero, right? That's over here. awesome. Yeah. Like I, I had no, no. It's great. I had no idea. No, that was cool. That's cool. Miranda. Hello. Hi. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, and I have a gross and it's with a K. Um, I've just been cleaning up a lot of wikis and doing some other work around the office. Not a lot to promote right now, but there's a new Dota hero out. If you want to be bored like these fine gentlemen like they were before the episode, <laughs> I was just like, just 
stares off into the distance as I kept rambling. Uh, you can hit me up on Twitter about that. Very excited. <laughs> Brandon, take us home. I don't even know what I'm saying. Uh, totally to ruined my train of thought. Uh, I'm Brandon. You can find me on Twitter at – it's just my name, Brandon Tyrell. Um, I've been just reviewing – everything and uh i enjoy that this week i don't have anything to review so working on some features working on some xbox stuff um but the year will keep marching on and uh there's inevitably another big one right around the corner so that's that's a good thing it is a good thing, good thing. i i know what it is already so i i just realized like oh i can't say it yet but fair enough it's, it'll be a fun one all right uh we'll see well we won't see you we will you will hear from us in your ears Next week and every week forever. So uh, for Miranda, Brandon, and Destin, I'm Ryan. This was Unlocked 384. We'll see you back next week. Hi. Hi, it's Jennifer, a founder of the Go Kid Go Network. Do your kids love wacky worlds, superheroes, and inventing? Of course they do. That's why our shows Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow are set in Pflugerville, the nonstop fun and adventure universe where imagination, creativity, STEM, and positive role models abound. Join the Pflugerville fun by searching for Bobby Wonder and Lucy Wow on Spotify, Apple, or wherever you get your podcasts.